calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kevin and Bean Show. It's a total disaster. On K-Rock. Time for Woke Dave. Cause Dave's woke. That's right, stupid, I'm woke. He's not creeping. No, I'm not creeping. You won't find him. I'm rad. On couches sleeping. Oh, I like slept. Cause Dave's woke. That's right, I'm gonna do woke things. Uh, Omar's still on vacation? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dave, how are you woke? <laughs> Well, guys, um, I took on a streaming giant this week, and I won. Okay. You know? I was very shocked by that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yet pleasantly surprised, and you were right. That's the thing I was shocked about. <laughs> yeah. That I was right? Dave was right. <laughs> well, Tell us what happened, King. Well, it, it started on uh, New Year's Eve. You know, I'm doing what a lot of people do is just sit and watch TV. Mm-hmm. And we decided to watch Mulan on Netflix. Excellent. Yeah. I've never seen it before. So and I said. This is an animated movie from. 1998. From 1998. Okay. Yeah. And so you waited 20 years. <laughs> yes. Mulan, right? yes. New Year's Eve is when Perfect it's time. Right. Yes. Um, and, you know, I knew that it starred our uh, friend of our show, uh, friend of the show, uh, Ming Na Wen. Who we love. Who we love. We love yes. Yeah. Right. And so I watched the movie and then I, I, I noticed, I, I thought of something. And I was like, hey, where was she in the credits and Netflix, like in the, in the preview? Mm-hmm. You're talking about like the the header, like the thing up top that says the yeah, plot you're... of the movie yeah. and the actors' names. Yeah, in the yeah. credits. So when you're when you're choosing the movie, you see who's in it. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed she wasn't in it. Is Isn't she? Does she... she have a small role? She's only Mulan. She's Mulan. Right. That's yeah. what I thought. She's Mulan, <laughs> yeah. right? So how she's is she not the star of that? And, and by that, I mean, shouldn't her name be first? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. So I was like, huh, interesting. So I took a picture of it, tweeted it out, and said, uh, hey, finally saw Mulan and loved it. The only problem with it is I had a Ming-Na was not listed on the cast. This must be fixed, Netflix, and it's my timely movie review. That is crazy. Right. Yeah. So then a couple of hours later, she picks up on it and says, yeah, that's effed up, Netflix. I believe another Asian-American lead voice should also be credited, B.D. Wong. How about all the Mulan fans out there tweet Netflix about this major oversight? Thanks. Wow. wow. Look at her riding on your coattail. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm glad that she saw it. And, and I just thought, listen, she's the star. There was a couple of other people who were the stars. They should be on the front credit because that's why I watched it was because of Ming-Na. Mm-hmm. Who, who did they list uh, as the actors uh, doing the voices for the movie, Dave? Uh, they listed... It's uh, Miguel Ferreira, yes. Harvey Fe- uh, Firestein, and June Foray. That was who was listed. Yes. So three white people instead. But, you know, <laughs> so people started tweeting me back that, oh, it's alphabetical order, you know, relax. And I, I was like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. And so I checked other movies. By the Not way, true. hold on a second. Not true. Dave... Said maybe I'm wrong. Whoa. Okay, I don't know what happened. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on, and he, we can actually isolate that, right? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Dave said we can use that a lot. Yes. He said he's wrong. He admitted being wrong. Wait, let me just yeah. ask this, Devil's Advocate: Is it possible that Ming Na was not a big enough star at that point to lead the? You know, you see a lot of movies now, and there's a massive star buried deep in the credits because at the time the movie came out, he wasn't a massive star. 
Is that the is that possible? But she was here? Mulan. Yeah. Right, but she wasn't a name, maybe? Is that what could I that mean, have been the thinking? But you think about like uh, Akila and the Bee, that that person wasn't that little kid wasn't a big star and she was the lead. I, you mean, know? I think like, if you're the lead, you're the lead. You're the lead. I, okay, yeah. fair I mean, enough. Like Napoleon Dynamite, he wasn't known when it yeah, came John out. Heater. John Heater should still be the first name listed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, agree. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out any reason why they would do it the way they did that's not you're, racist. You're, you're a racist, right. Uh, <laughs> Miguel Miguel Ferreira Ferrer dead. dead. Yeah. yeah. June Foray, dead. So who got the last laugh, really? <laughs> really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> All right, so what happened? So what happened, Dave? So, so you so threw check- this out there, and then the fans start getting in. Ming-Na starts getting in. Yeah. What, do, how long does it take before you hear something back from Netflix? The next day. The fact that you heard back from Netflix is right. shocking. The next day, Netflix tweets out to us. Thank you and K-Rock.com uh, so much for pointing this it's out K-Rock to us. K-Rock.com, by the way. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> it has now been fixed. Love you and B.D. Wong are legends. Done. Wow. Done. Done. Very impressive. Done. Dave corrected Netflix yes. in one day. Yeah. Wow. What? Let's, let's legitimately give him right? a round of applause. Sincerely. You're like that. the Mandela of credits. Thank you, thank you. That's great, Dave. Just happy to help out help out a friend. I like woke Dave. Yeah, and no. now CVS, I'm coming for you and your waste of receipts, buddy. Oh, oh yes, my God! Right? They, they give you reams and reams of paper. I mm-hmm. don't know With why. Nothing you're interested in. The receipt is 17 feet long. Yeah, I bought one item. Got a sash of oh, receipts. Oh man, they got wake Dave. Wake wake Dave. Wake Dave. <laughs> what? Nope. They've got. <laughs> nope. Keep going. Finish it up, Kevin. Yes. Yes. Kevin was just yes. giving everybody the signal. Yes. Shut up. Go do it. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Every hour, woke Dave. And their tail. That's what I was trying to say. Because Dave's woke. Why did we agree to do this? Why did we agree to do anything? I hate us. Kevin and Bean on K Rock. I hate us. I understand you're about to introduce us to our new favorite person ever. Well, I mean, not Allie's, but um, this show, I think this came out first a couple of years ago on Dr. Phil? August of last year. August of last year uh, on Dr. Phil. And I never thought that I would be fully on Dr. Phil's side, but this girl pushed me in that direction. Her name is Nicolette. She is just about to turn 16, I think, or just about to turn 15. She's 15 at the time. Oh, 15 at the time. Okay. Why isn't Jensen leading this segment? He seems to have all the answers. (laughs) I got the clips, though. He's got the clips, which is most important. So this is the mom and the daughter, and they're setting up the entire premise of their problem. This is me. This is my daughter. She spends too much. I give her too much money. It's the whole setup. My 16-year-old daughter, Nicolette, is extravagant, spoiled, and bratty. Nicolette is beyond entitled. I could definitely say we're quite affluent. My mom raised me with everything I've ever wanted, and she needs to continue. It's the only life I've ever known. I went to amazing schools. I had a driver. I had a nanny, personal trainers. At a very young age, Nicolette had her own credit cards with absolutely no credit limit. All right, I just like to say credit cards with no credit limit, and she's about to turn 16? Yikes. It's odd that she says they say 16 in the clip because you'll learn in a minute the biggest problem with her turning 16 soon. No, oh, sure. Yeah. But Nicolette is a real nightmare. <laughs> Some months her credit card bills would be 10000 I just paid the bill. Nicolette had an allowance of $5,000 a month to cover her expenses. I have some $5,000 Chanel bags, a couple of those. In the past year, I probably have given her about $100,000. I don't even keep track anymore. I know I'm a spoiled brat, but I enjoy the lifestyle, you know? Now my spending allowance per month is $1,000. I feel like a peasant. 
<laughs> I oh mean, in her defense, you're 15. How do you get by on $1,000? $5,000 a month. So now Dr. Yeah. Phil and the mom are sort of talking about what she needs to do, what she needs to do with her life, and how they can sort of pull her back into line. And her mom says, I think the best thing would be to start with a job. No. Yeah, absolutely no. she needs a job. No! <laughs> oh, my God. It's in the crowd. They're all laughing at her. Now, let me <laughs> let me ask you this, Jensen. You think this is real? Yes, I've done... I think it's real, too. ...extensive research. She has since leaned into the character Oh, a bit, is that right? But that's because the same way the Cash Me Outside girl was sort of like, oh, I see a career out of this. And this girl's obviously career-minded. She wants to be rich and have whatever. And she has, like, sort of embraced it now. But right. no, this is a very... If Also, if this is her acting... Let's put her on any television show because she's killing it. <laughs> so then Dr. Phil circles around a little bit later and he tells her that she needs to get a job. You, you need a job. No, I don't want a job. Well, I know. It's so much work. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, she's, she's all of us. I mean, I'm, she's right. I'm not sure if I hate her more. Her or mom. her mother. You should hate the mom Her more. mother the is mom, an definitely. awful human being, and yeah. unless she's getting help as to not be a pushover idiot, correct? then this girl's going to continue doing this. Here's something I thought I'd never say. In Dr. Phil's defense, uh, <laughs> he does focus on the mom and explains Good. that she needs to reparent and sort of reestablish herself. And, and Is there it. a dad in the picture? I have... I uh, didn't hear any. They didn't even mention it. Okay. Yeah, because both of these women are so awful. No man would ever want to live in the house with them. <laughs> I don't know, but I want a mom that has that much money. I, you know what? The bills were a hundred thousand dollars last month. I don't even, or last year. I don't even, take, I don't even notice anymore. I just paid it. Who's got that kind of money? Oh my gosh! So then, she, uh, Nicolette says, for my sixteenth birthday, birthday, I need a G wagon. Mm-hmm. And then Doctor Phil follows up on that. You want a G wagon for oh, your sixteenth yeah. birthday? I, I need my G wagon. There's no question. I need it. There's no question. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. My mom's buying a Bentley for herself. Why can't I get a G-Wagon? Why do you need a G-Wagon? They're just, the interior is so nice and there's no blind spots at all. Like it's so big and open. There's so much trunk space. It's amazing. And I I really want a nice car. She wants to give me a Mercedes C-Class. Oh. Now, I want you to listen closely for Dr. Phil, because in the background, both I think his mom and his daughter are talking over. But Dr. Phil does turn to the mom in reaction to this and makes a joke about the Mercedes C-Class and calls her a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how dare you give her only a Mercedes C-Class? I I will accept that car. I I started with a Honda or Toyota and then it barely gets. I will be happy with that car, but the thing is, I want my (laughs) G-Wagon. I want my G-Wagon! Really? A C class. But we started with a, like a Honda, a Toyota. I got A started Absolutely with a Toyota. Not. I will not be driving anything that can be considered an Uber X. An, a what? An Uber X. An Uber X? Yes, we're going Uber Lux and above. Oh my God. <laughs> she's the best, right? Is that no. what we're saying? No. Mom, she's horrible. Mom, how do you feel about what you're seeing right now? I don't like what I'm seeing. I've you created, created me. I've created a Beverly Hills brat. You raised me. Should have done better. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! So that's that's the that's the kid's uh, defense right there. It's not my fault. It's You're your the mom. fault. So then Dr. Phil talks a little about self-respect. If she gets out in the world, she gets a job. She'll be able to trust herself, and she'll know that she can stand on her own two feet and help out um, society. What you need to do is do what is required for her to be better. Is she going to be unhappy about it? 
Yes. $5,000 a month, $2,500 a month, $1,000 a month is insane. A thousand dollars? I think that's I'm insane. barely living. She's barely living with a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's convinced me. You, you need a job. No, I don't want a job. It's so much work. <laughs> oh, Come on. Guys, what are, we have to burn something down. What are we burning down? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean Show. They're all doing great. Except for Kevin. K-Rock. Kevin, you're bringing us something very special. I have a jingle prepared for you. Okay. Royal family. Because you now, like the rest of us, have caught the royal family fever. I haven't as much as... The royal family is bulls... Oh, that is is very different. I have a bunch of rules that the royal family has to follow. Okay. According to Marie Claire magazine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There were 50. I just picked like... Not that many, but some of them are ridiculous and some of them, one of them is awesome and I want to put it into my own life. Okay. So this is protocol if you're a member of the Queen's family, these are things you have to do or not do. Yes. Okay. When the Queen stands, you stand. Fair enough. Okay, understandable. She's the matriarch, why not? No one can eat after the Queen has finished her meal. Oh, dear. When dining as a family, after the Queen has taken her last bite, everyone stops eating. Nonsense, right? That's insane because she's she's an older woman. She can't be eating as much as usual. <laughs> right. <laughs> you think the younger members are just shoveling pile, it shoveling in? Shoveling it in as fast <laughs> as they can? Oh, gosh, she stopped in it! <laughs> yes, I do. It's, it's like a game show at dinner time. It's a race against the clock. You are just keep it keep it an eye out of that of the corner of your eye to make sure the queen doesn't put her fork down. <laughs> you are not starting with veggies. Oh uh, no, God no. no. Hey, does the queen even feed herself? By the way, or uh, she doesn't people, say people here. to do that. Probably okay. people. Uh, bowing and curtsying is a requirement. Men of the royal family perform a neck bow while women curtsy when meeting the queen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like a lot of effort PD, for the dudes. <laughs> PDA is looked down upon, especially while traveling. The royal family must refrain from even holding hands. Oh. Approval is needed before a proposal. Mm-hmm. But this is like hardcore, if she says no, the answer is no approval. Oh, Not dear. just, you know, asks, you know, one of the parents that may not agree. Right. Uh, Go ahead. By the way, if uh, if she says no, it's <clears throat> off with the head of whoever's oh, not right. getting in, married into the family, I think. Until 2011, the royal family was prohibited from marrying a Roman Catholic. Really? Did you know that? I did not. Okay. Uh, the family isn't allowed to sign autographs or take selfies. Okay. The family can't eat shellfish. What? Shellfish is off limits to the family, mainly because it is more than likely to cause food poisoning than any other food. But wait a minute, millions of people... So they can't people, eat shellfish. Billions of people around the world eat shellfish all the time. Right, but they're not in the royal family. Because... Let me back up to selfie talk for the a second. The royal family is bulls... Yeah, selfie talk. What must it be like, especially for... Is it Megan? It's Megan, mm-hmm. right? What must it be like, especially for her, who was a, an American... Yeah. ...and an actress and a, a 20-something-year-old woman who probably took selfies all the time, like most of us do... And then all of a sudden marry into this family and not be allowed to take a selfie anymore. Do you remember when they were courting and she had taken a selfie with somebody as they were walking along one of those like meet and greet lines? Right. And it was an international scandal. And that's when she was told, no, no, no selfies whatsoever. And she talked about how it's so different. It's something that she's always done through her career. You can't you you can't touch a royal. Like on the arm, anywhere. Anywhere. So okay. if you were to take a picture, you can't put your arm around, nothing. No touching. Yeah. 
Uh, women mu must wear hats to all formal events, the fancier the better. This is my favorite part. After 6 p.m., hats are off and tiaras are on. Oh, jeez. If the event is held indoors after 6 p.m., women must swap out their hats for tiaras. Is that the rule you want to introduce no. to your own life? <laughs> tiaras must be angled properly. Oh, sure. Although tiaras were traditionally worn toward the front of the head, the modern style is worn further back on the head at a degree of 45-degree uh, angle. Oh, well, man. Got to keep up with the times. That's a rule. There's math involved. The queen's breakfast menu is non-negotiable. This is surprising. Every morning she has English breakfast tea followed by cornflakes. Huh. Could you have thought she eats cornflakes? No. no. Uh, speaking of her preferences, garlic is not allowed at Buckingham Palace. Oh, She's a vampire. It's rumored that the queen hates garlic, so no dishes at, Bar uh, at Buckingham Palace are made with the ingredient. I think Bean's right. She's a vampire. She's a vampire, That's you guys. Sad. Neither are potatoes, rice, and pasta. <gasps> she, has strict, she, carbs. she has strict rules against eating potatoes, rice, or pasta for dinner. That's insane. That's Oh my, my point! <laughs> Look, I was totally with you with the curtsying and the bowing. But once you start taking away my pasta, no, sir. You cannot turn your back on the queen. After a conversation with the queen has ended, she's the first to leave. No one is allowed to turn their back to her. I have seen in many movies and TV shows people backing out of a room to yes, avoid yes. turning around and walking out and putting their back to the queen. Oh, my God. Crazy, right? Yeah. Here's the one I want to do because this is a good, whatever sign I will use. She says, uh, if the queen moves her purse to her right arm, her staff must cut off the conversation. Oh, that's How great brilliant. would that be? That's so brilliant. The queen uses her purse to send signals to her staff. If she moves the uh, purse to her left arm from her right, it's a hint that she's real, uh, ready to finish the conversation. Mm -hmm. So wow. wrap it up. There are a lot of couples, I think, that have a signal between them. Get me out of oh, this. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, that's the way to go. That's, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. a. I, I'm down with that one. Right. Of course, okay. she doesn't need a driver's license. She's the only one that doesn't need a driver's license. Although she does drive. The Queen's... Right, exactly. That's my point. Um, the Queen's dogs are always prepared gourmet meals. Um, it's no secret that the Queen loves her corgis. Unlike your pets, hers are required to have gourmet meals prepared daily by the in-house chef and delivered by a servant. That's nice work if you can get it, man. Right. Mm. And finally, and this may be the weirdest one, Monopoly is a forbidden board game amongst the royal family. What? You pull out a Monopoly board, you're out. <laughs> why? They, Does it say why? Quite possibly the weirdest rule, the royal family can't play Monopoly. I guess it go, I, I did actually search why can't the royal family yeah, play Monopoly. deep dive. Apparently it was people got overheated in a Monopoly game a while back. <laughs> Like they got into a fight? No. And yes, and the queen goes, no more! <laughs> and so Monopoly is outlawed in the royal family. We are uh, lucky enough to have Queen Elizabeth II working with us here on the show, so <laughs> I would just like to get a reaction, uh, Your Highness, on these rules that we've just described on our radio show. All these rules are in place because I'm better than you. Fair enough. The royal family is bulls. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? 
then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We um, we did a story last week about the nudist uh, restaurant in Paris that was mm-hmm. closing down due to lack of business. It only was opened up for uh, for 15 months. And I remember we all had some ha-has about who wants to go eat uh, naked. And um, I guess we weren't surprised it closed down. But I wanted to revisit the topic because in that same article, they talked about how much more popular nudism is becoming. And I've found similar articles saying the same thing here in America, in other parts of uh, of Europe, where there are more and more uh, clubs and organizations and activities that are planned around nudism. And again, I should start off, uh, especially if you're, you know, you got kids in the car or something like that, completely non-sexual. There's nothing about this the nudists say that is sexual. There's a, di- a difference between sexual nudity and non-sexual nudity. They're talking about people who just... They just want to go to the museum or golf while freeballing. I do not want to golf. <laughs> there are certain things that you just shouldn't do naked. Well, but that's I'm the atti- but that's the attitude that I think that they're trying to fight with is which is why though why are we hey why are you so uptight man I think it's the question they're asking. There are people look I don't find clothes very constricting but apparently there are some people who say you can't. Imagine the charge and the rush and the freedom and how good it feels to not have to worry about what you're wearing and just to be able to enjoy the activity, whether it's going to a museum or going on a cruise or whatever it is. People are really into doing stuff in the buff. I I just immediately start thinking about me sitting in a chair and who else has sat in that chair. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, I immediately start thinking of just the grossness of it. Like, it doesn't sound enjoyable. It, but I think in that case, let's say your example of a, a cruise ship chair, for instance, I think just like you would do at the gym, I think you would be, you would the environment would be, hey, be courteous to the people coming up next to you and that wipe does... it down or, or sit on a towel or something like that. Now or you're or, counting on people to be good? I was about to say, I don't no. even trust people at the gym to not look at me weird. I mean, I, I, I don't trust <laughs> they them need to a wash stack down. of chairs on that um, ocean liner, and then it, when you sit in and you're done, you just throw it over. Throw it in the ocean. Get what, a new what, one. What, what would be wrong? Look, I'm no nudist here, okay? But I'm just saying, I'm playing devil's advocate. What would be wrong with the policy being you put down a towel if you're sitting on a, a, a lounge chair? That seems uh, no, like I that's, think that's totally solution. fine. It's totally fine. I just don't trust anyone, let alone nudists, enough to keep the entire place sanitary. And and you think you're going to get something off of somebody's butt that you're not already getting off of t- t- touching every doorknob that somebody's grimy hands have been on? Uh, yes, I actually do think. <laughs> Certainly, that. there's a possibility. I know that was like a you know like a question that had no real merit right. to it, but the answer is yes. I'm more nervous for my butthole to touch where another person's butthole was <laughs> than my hands touching the same uh, doorknob. Yes. <laughs> I can't see me getting to the point where I would be not staring at boobs. Well, I'll I'll tell you this. I have some experience here. (laughs) Oh, you do? I do. When I was a rapper, I went on a spring break tour of Jamaica, Mm -hmm. and they they had us stay at a nudist hotel, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was a joke, then found out they were just trying to save money. Uh, (laughs) There is no one in – there was no one in that hotel, in that entire resort, that I ever wanted to see nude. Not one person. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I was going to have to. Is that it's just, it's not, 
It isn't the hot people, Bean. But that's not the. But that. But so you're saying staring at boobs. I'm I'm just saying, if you're worried about it turning sexual in your mind, mm -hmm. ain't gonna happen. But I think the whole point. Again, I can't speak for nudists. That's why I want to get some on the phone here. But I think the whole point is, like Ali was saying, you're not looking for hot people. It doesn't matter if the people in the group are sixty or twenty. Because that's not what it's about. It's not about turning people on or impressing people. It's just about stripping away the outer layer and getting down to just person-to-person communication. Amen, Dean. I'm the exact opposite. I think this is a bad thing. I think we should all be clothed. I think we should all wear burkas, even trash bags. I want to look like Missy Elliott in the Hype Williams video. I'm fine. Kevin, didn't you go in Europe to a naked beach? Yeah, uh, in Barcelona. Barcelona, okay. Now, you're way too immature to just take that as it comes, right? I mean, yes. There are exceptions to this, and I'm not one. I mean, I am one of them because it's impossible for me to be around nude people and not look and judge. 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 Sure. Yeah. Sure. Would you at all, when you went to the nude uh, the nude beach, were you nude as well? No, I was not. Yeah, me also. If you're asking about the uh, Jamaican resort, yeah, it's not a thing where people look down on you if you wear clothes. No, but they just also don't look down on you if you're naked. Right. But you, you look down on them. I mean, literally. <laughs> right? <laughs> Would you ever be the guy who like, hey, I can take off my clothes. I'm going to take off my clothes and be on this beach? Because people don't know you. It's not like you have to worry about running into them the next day at I don't work. think so. I don't, I don't have the need. But, but I don't have the need either. But um, I, I don't think so. But it also doesn't enter my mind. You've never swam in an ocean naked? No. Ah, uh, once you do, there's no going back. I'm telling you right now. What All about right. like skinny dipping? You've skinny dipped. I but I yes, but I haven't been. I didn't think it was more enjoyable than swimming in trunks. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, no. The water gliding over your body. You're basically a seal. What is this? An episode of Real Sex on yeah, HBO? What is, what is this? <laughs> I haven't done that, Allie, But that sounds like it. You. It would be a completely different and exhilarating. Experience. It is euphoric, Bean. Yeah. No, it's, huh. All right. Weirdo. We have some calls on the line. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break. Evelyn, you stand by. We're going to talk to you. Uh, Caleb as well. Everybody else, please hang on. I think I think this could be a, uh, an interesting conversation, and I think we should take it seriously. Sure. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe learn a little something here. Absolutely. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. As you know, Kevin, we're talking about uh, nudists, nudist colonies, nudist events, nudist restaurants, nudist museum galleries. Nudists. What's up? Nudist, what's up? Tom and Colton, you hang on. We're going to get to you next. First, let's get Justin from Long Beach in here. Uh, Justin, for folks who weren't with us in the last segment, I guess the point was, is that you go to a nudist thing, a nudist event, and it's not a sexual thing. It's a freedom thing. It's a strip away all of, uh, all of the constraints of society and just be yourself and enjoy other people. What's your experience been with nudism, sir? Yeah, I call crap on that one. Um, (laughs) When when my wife and I first got together, uh, when we first got married, we thought it'd be fun to go to a nudist beach uh, that was near a college town. So we were thinking there would be people close to our age. Uh, We got there, and we were sadly mistaken. No, we were just going just just to for the experience. Um, And so along the back side of the wall, there or back of the the cliff there up against the beach, there were these like guys in their at least 70s mm-hmm. and they were all doing this really creepy thing where they were sitting they were all wearing polos 
and no bottoms whatsoever. Okay. And they're kind of sitting on the edge of their chairs and letting uh, everything hang down. It sounds to me, Justin, like you went there to be turned on. You went there to, looking for a swinging experience or a voyeuristic experience, and that's not what the nudist beach was about. No, I would disagree. That's not true. We weren't going there for that. We were just kind of going just to see what it was like. Well, your complaint is that the people weren't young and hot enough, and you didn't get to see people naked that you wanted to. Justin was looking for like-minded people and is telling you there are none like him, so he didn't enjoy it. That's what he's saying. I I suppose so. There also were a lot of people there that were specifically there to look at everyone else, and you could tell that they were because... They positioned themselves at the very back of the beach to look at everyone. Well, that's how I get the best photos. And they, okay, <laughs> thank you for the call. We appreciate it. <laughs> binoculars. Let's go to let's go to our man Tom. He's in Colton. It says here that he lives in a nudist resort. That's what we're looking for. Hey, Tom. Good morning, gentlemen. And Allie, how you guys doing? We are yeah. great. We really appreciate your calling. Where is this nudist resort? Um, it's up in Colton near Riverside. And okay. It's on a uh, ranch, about 120 acres, real nice okay. place. How long you been there, and how many other people live on the ranch? Uh, actual residence is probably about 80, and two years ago, I came up here for a nude 5K race. I'm a distance runner, and uh, that would be fun. Wait, we're bearing uh, the lead. Bearing the lead. <laughs> right. You ran a 5K. Everyone in it is naked. Is it, is it easier for you to run because of that? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, being a distance runner and stuff, you got you, you got to keep the junk kind of... It's fun to run nude and stuff, but when you're bombing hills and things are flying, and right. it, it can get a little, uh, um, we'll call it bumpy, you know. And for the women, it, it can be tough, too, because uh, especially the big-breasted ones, you know, to not have a sports bar on. I mean, it's a running. terrible but, idea to run naked. No, it's fun, man. It's uh, it's free. It really is. It's, uh, it's, it's really, uh, you get out in the sun, and you just go out, and you cruise, and we're on a big ranch, so there's no one around. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I'm out on the trails. It's uh, me by myself or couple other residents everybody's real cool you know and yeah we put towels down by the way when we sit thank on you. seats thank you, for talking, <laughs> thank you for talking. Uh, so tom I, I my question is is like what was it that made you like you went there for the 5k and then you were like i like this lifestyle like what is it about it that like speaks to you um well first of all everybody is really cool nobody judges anybody for uh anything except they put on the table you know, I mean, not quite literally, but, you know, they judge you for who you are, um, what you bring in, and everybody's just, they they take care of each other, we care about each other, we're all just fun, you know, it is a family place, you know, it's not like a lot of people have this concept that they show up to a resort and there's people banging at the pool or this or that, this is, uh, it's, we're uh, real respectful to each other, you know. Oh, you're talking me right out of it. Yeah, <laughs> selling me. What's the percentage of people you like seeing naked versus people you don't? Or does that not even enter your mind at this yeah, point after a couple funny. of years it, on the it, ranch? It doesn't, man. I mean, you know, if you're out looking to get laid or something and you're looking for that kind of a thing, you're not going to show up at our place. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you start, once you're into the whole thing, you don't even think about it. You know, I mean, you'll do the peak like, you know, the hero always peaks, they say. But then after a few minutes, it's it's just all the norm. You don't even think about you, it anymore. I know it's weird, but you really don't. Tom, do you find that you're having deeper connections with people on all different levels because there is no pretense? Yeah, you're stripped clean, man. Uh, not, yeah, literally, it's uh, there's no pretense. They're not showing up in any kind of you know a specific clothing that might say, oh, they have this or they have that, mm-hmm. or they're not. You know, you're just seeing them for who they are, quite literally. And when you meet people. Um, you know, when you meet somebody dressed a certain way or, or a, a certain, you know, a, a place, a, a club or this or that, 
you know, you're, it, it's a different, um, you get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. When you meet yeah. somebody like this, you get them, you're getting them for who they really are. And they're accepting you for who you really are. And you how know, euphoric, how euphoric is how swimming you... naked? It's lovely, right? <laughs> oh, my God. It's amazing. It's the yes. best, how could Tom. You... Surfing naked is even amazing. Oh, you know? I it's, bet. Uh... <laughs> Tom, what is... you just got to watch the junk on the wax with a little right. yeah, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Junk little yeah. wax. <laughs> yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah. Uh, junk on the rocks is the uh, next album title. Uh, Tom, what is not better nude? Like, what are things that you don't do on the... Like, what, is there something that well, you... Well, here's the thing, yeah. It's When it's cold out, man, I've got clothes on. You know, if I'm working on... I, here's a typical example. I'm working on... Uh, I have a rig out here, one of my rigs. I'm working on top of the trailer. And, you know, you forget that the damn thing's aluminum, right? And it's 100 degrees outside. Mm. And I'm up there working, you know, doing my thing. And I sit down for a second and Ow. burn the crap out of my ass. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. seems things, like a negative. You know, those things you, you got to kind of watch out for. Okay. But, uh, Tom, promise uh, me yeah. you're you're using sunscreen, too. Uh, I don't use a whole lot of sunscreen. No, gotta, I just grew up in the sun. And you got I know I need to. Tom. I've actually had a few. Uh, I've had a few things uh, removed. But Tom, I cannot um, imagine. Anyway. I cannot imagine a better spokesperson for your lifestyle. Yeah. Than Love you. it, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we really you, appreciate thanks. you listening and calling in and sharing your experience with well, us. So I guess I, I do. I would like a little plug. Um, Olive Dale Ranch, April twenty eighth at ten thirty. We have our five k race. It's a lot of fun. We have live bands. Uh, there's you know pool, jacuzzi, restaurant. All that stuff. All right. um, and can't the wait Kevin, to send beer mug. Yeah, and the Kevin and Bean a singles party will be right there that night, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you sure go. Go. Yeah, why don't you have it here, then? It'll be fun. It'll be good times. All right, Todd. Thanks anyway, for calling, man. You can, uh, yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. Uh, this is Kevin speaking. I'm the guy that doesn't watch the news because I'm a kid. And mm-hmm. it's so depressing. Yeah. You can watch, some people watch all day, every day, and I don't understand how they don't take their own lives. It's well, just, we're on a lot of antidepressants, Kevin. <laughs> it's very depressing. And that's why we like to bring you great news. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news. I'm going to start. Mine comes out of uh, Minneapolis, but there's something that's very unique about this. Ellie, you said in the past that you like the oldies. I do. I love the olds. <laughs> the olds, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Old and people. that's anyone who's six months older than you and up, right? Sure. <sighs> Go on, Kevin. <laughs> there is an um, interesting charity that comes out of Minneapolis called Giving Voice Initiative. And it inspires and equips organizations to bring together people with Alzheimer's and their care partners to take place in this giant choir, that, and they sing music that everybody knows. Aww. They did a story in 2014, I'd never heard this before, that music is held in a part of your brain that doesn't get affected by Alzheimer's. So you can remember lyrics and yes. stuff like that? Wow. So they put together this choir, and they also said something else that's really disturbing, which is that 60% of people with Alzheimer's live by themselves. They're oh. not in any kind of assisted living, yeah. or they don't live with relatives, so they're kind of alone, yeah. and that's bad for them. So they started this choir idea, and they would get together once a week, and they all fit. They all belong because they all are the same, and they sing. And by the way, it's really good singing, and it's an amazing thing that they do. And then you go to the website, Giving Voice Initiative, and they give you pretty much a, an idea of how to start your own. 
Oh, wow. It's like so they you give you tools. In any city. So anybody in any city can start the exact same kind of support group. Wow. And they're singing like uh, Lil Wayne and Travis Scott and stuff like that? Uh, no, not necessarily, uh, because they're a little bit older. Here's one of the guys. I'm Marv Lofquist, and I have Alzheimer's. So often my life is about what I can't do. Living with Alzheimer's is something where I really realize that being by myself and not being social are the worst things that I can do. Giving voice is one of the most encouraging things that I have to look forward to. I can still participate in creating some wonderful music. Giving voice is our safe harbor. Staff and volunteers understand our challenges, but more importantly, they push us to sing better than we think we can. Do it better! Let's do it again! Oh, is that what they're saying? No. They, they bring out the whiplash guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that's my great news. That was very nice, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, I have a little girl named Brooklyn Brown. She is five years old. She's had a little bit of a rough go of it. When she was an infant, her parents noticed that her ankles were swelling up, and then she developed a rash. They took her to the doctor, and the doctor said, get her to a hospital immediately. They were there for over a week. They did all sorts of testing, a spinal tap and everything, and finally she was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, wow. Have you guys heard about this? No, I have not. Apparently over 50,000 children in America have juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. It's an autoimmune disease that causes inflammation throughout the body, especially in your hips and your knees and your ankles, places like that. And what little Brooklyn has done that gets her on great news this week is she is now five years old and she's had a fair amount of time in and out of the hospital. And she said, when you're in the hospital and you're waiting for your doctor, sometimes you get bored. And hospitals oftentimes will have coloring books, but they can't give everybody crayons. They can't share crayons between patients because of exposure to disease. Interesting. Which I never really even thought of before because a lot of these kids have autoimmune diseases, so you can't take a crayon from one room, put it in the next room, and maybe infect somebody else, right? So she started a program to get donations from people through an Amazon account. I'm sorry, how old is she? She's five. Five years old. Okay. She started a program on Amazon asking for people to donate crayons. And as of yesterday, the day that she was taking them to the hospital near where she lives in Huntington Woods, Michigan, she had over 2,700 packs of crayons. Wow. Four packs, 12 packs, 24 packs, 64 packs, all sizes in between. And she's how old? She's five. She's still five, Kevin. So she says, you know, because they, they, they have, uh, you know, like I said, coloring books, but nothing to draw with. So now these kids who are in the hospital, whatever they're there for, now they'll actually have crayons to help them spend the time while they have to be at the hospital. Isn't that an amazing little story? How old is she? She's uh, five, Allie. Okay, She's that's five. Insane. And there is some more great news. I wasn't the- even throwing rocks at, rocks at my neighbor, Robbie <laughs> Joyner, yet. A lot. I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know anything about juvenile ru- uh, rheumatoid arthritis. But a lot of kids outgrow it in their teens. And Brooklyn is making great progress. She still has trouble walking a lot of the time. She kind of has to scoot around on the floor a little bit. But uh, she is seeing some improvement in some of her joints as she gets older. And the hope is that she'll be fine by the time she gets a little bit older. Which I again something I didn't know about the JRA. But anyway, we'll post the story up on the Kevin Bean social medias, and there is a link there. Obviously, yesterday was the day she turned over the crayons but the giving can continue and if you would like to help little brooklyn brown go ahead and do that and that's my great news that is lovely 
Well, my great news is about a 10-year-old little boy named Gideon who has been living his best life for a few years now. How old is he? He's 10. Okay. Uh, You can follow along um, on Gideon's journey on not only his website, but on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'm telling you this because it's just a delight to see. He has taken his hobby of petting dogs and made it into something that we can all enjoy. Because his social medias are, I've pet that dog. And it's literally him just kneeling down, petting a dog. And then he tells a little story about each dog that he encounters. It started back in 2016 with a border collie named Maya. I pet Maya. She's a three-year-old border collie. Maya watches out the window to guard her home. She stands on the back of the couch or looks out the door. She barks to tell her family what's happening. Each day I walk my dog past her and Maya barks for me to come play with her. You get this every day, you guys. It is such a joy. He's just this little boy that loves to pet dogs. And I often say, all I want in life is to pet all the dogs. I mean, you have said that. And Gideon is doing it. And you can follow along. It is just such a a lovely thing that every day you can be like, oh, what? What kind of dog did Gideon pet today? Maybe it's just me, but I find it... No, the it, way he describes it, too, is really yeah, refreshing. It is adorable. It is Where's just... he finding all these dogs, by the way? In his, just walking around? All over the place. <laughs> I'm just wondering if he's breaking into houses and stuff. Like, he is, where's he? Yeah. And then somebody says, beat it, kid! He's like, I broke into this home on 24th and Lexington. <laughs> no! He's, he's just seeing dogs. Okay. I love it so much. And Gideon, you are just a dream of a kid. I adore him. So if you want to follow along, just check out I've pet that dog. <laughs> He's got a website. He's got a website. And Twitter. How and old Instagram. is he? He's 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, that girl's saving lives, coloring, but Gideon's petting dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have gone last. <laughs> and. The Kevin Bean Show mornings on K Rock. K Rock. K Rock. K Rock. Sounds kind of boring. I'm furious right now, by the way. Furious? You may have to talk to Brad without me. I don't know if I can go on. Oh, no. Furious about what? Just breaking news here. New Hampshire's highest court has upheld the conviction of three women arrested for going topless on a beach, saying the ordinance doesn't discriminate on the basis of gender or violate the women's right to free speech. What kind of a country are we living in where we're arresting and convicting women for wanting to walk around topless? What the, what the, what the, I don't recognize this country anymore. Does this feel on topic to you? I am furious right now. Okay. Hi, I'm furious Brad has to listen to this, <laughs> right? quite frankly. I'm not I'm even little... sure he's still on the phone. I'd hang up. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I just can't wait for the segue of how you're going to go from that topless to Billie Jean King. <laughs> and speaking of children's books. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, Brad, welcome back to the Kevin Beach Show, my friend. That, By the way, that is the best transition of all time. Sure. Thank you very much. You know, I was, uh, so I'm always uh, inspired by your choices because you pick, as you've explained to us on the air before, you pick heroes and heroines for young people, real role models that they should look up to. And, you know, I wasn't surprised by the Jackie Robinson and the Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King and some of the ones, George Washington, that you might expect. But you're really, you kind of surprised me a little bit with Billie Jean King. And a lot of people will think, oh, well, she's a tennis player. What does that have to do with uh, being a good role model? You want to explain how you chose her? Yeah, you know, for me, um, I have a son and a daughter. And my son believes one thing about sports because he loves sports. And that is, he says, boys are better than girls. They're stronger than girls. And that's the way the world is. And so writing I Am Billie Jean King is just sweet revenge for my daughter. That's why I did it. Um, (laughs) 
You know, and I just, but the truth was, is it, it's a book that's, you know, we all think of Billie Jean King as a tennis player. We don't realize when she was the number one tennis player in the whole world, she was being paid a fraction of what the men champions were getting. They were paying the, the men's, one woman, got like $4,000. She got like $1,800. Wow, that's and crazy. She, she basically was like, this is nonsense. You cannot pay women less than men. And she had this, you know, incredible way to fight for this throughout her whole career. So she, and, and of course it culminates in the battle of the sexes where you have, you know, her going against Bobby Riggs. But what I need to show my daughter is that she doesn't just win because she's a good tennis player. Or Bobby Riggs is a little older. She wins because she puts in the hard work. She puts in the time. She, she studies his game and realizes, you know, in the Astrodome where they're going to play, where she's going to be watched by more than mo- most Super Bowls. She basically realizes he loves to hit up in the lights because they got a white roof in the Astrodome. So she starts practicing 150 shots over and over hit it above me, hit it up. That's where he's going to do it. And she figures out his game and beats him at it. And the best moment, and Billie Jean King gave me this moment. She actually called us up when we were working on the book, right? The night before the battle of the sexes, where she's playing the man, you know, men versus women, who's going to be better at tennis. One of the greatest matches of all time. She calls her brother and says, take all your money, whatever you got and put it on me. Oh, I love and she that. she just calls the shot, which I love. <laughs> That's fantastic. I got to tell you, I learned so much from reading this book. I mean, it really isn't just for kids. Mm-mm. It's amazing. No, and, and listen, I, and, and I, and I got to be honest, like, I also did it because, you know, my Aunt Debbie, for every gay and lesbian couple out there, anyone who has a gay and lesbian member, their family, that entire community needed a hero, too. And she's it. And, and I remember, you know, Billie Jean King, when I, when I do I Am George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, if I mess up their books, what are they going to do to me? Right. right? But we get a phone call from Billie Jean King, and they say, Billie Jean wants to talk to you. And I'm like, Uh-oh. oh, no. You know, you don't want that call because she's going to come to your house. You messed it up with a tennis racket. Right. <laughs> and, and, she, and she calls us up, and she's so lovely, so amazing, and we're going through every detail. But, you know, one of the, my favorite ones is she says, you know, in this scene here, I wasn't in this spot when this happened. I was in another spot. And I said to her, you know, um, I hate to say it, but I got that from your autobiography. And she's like, yeah, but I didn't have time to proof that back then. I was so busy. And I love that now I am Billie Jean King is more accurate than her own autobiography. (laughs) But the best part is, is that part where we have to say, you know, that she's gay. And I'm sitting there on the phone with a living legend, Billie Jean King, and trying to figure out how do we convey this in a children's book so that kids out there and parents out there um, can realize that this is absolutely a wonderful thing to talk about it's okay there's no stigma and to be able to sit on the phone and craft the language perfectly for her is one of the most humbling moments of my life yeah that's crazy that's i love um first of all i love the whole book but the part where it shows a little eight-year-old girl and her little sister at one of the tennis clinics that she would do for world team tennis and they're uh introducing themselves to billy jean king and they said our dad saw you play on TV and decided that his daughter should play tennis too. And she says, nice to meet you, Venus and Serena. Like, oh, oh my on. God, <laughs> come crazy. on. Right? I mean, you're like, are you kidding me? You have inner city tennis kids and that's where they start. And that's amazing. She gave me that detail. I never had that detail on the phone with me. She, you know, we had heard that Venus was there. She's like, no, no, Serena was there too. And 
I'm like, no one even knows that. Unreal. And she's the one who's telling me this so I can put it in the book. It's bananas. That's amazing. Hey, uh, Brad, uh, Brad Meltzer, our friend uh, Brad Meltzer on the phone. to talk about his latest book available everywhere called I Am Billie Jean King, including Cracker Barrel, by the way. You can buy Brad's books at Cracker Barrel. I found That's out a good on a tip. recent trip. Um, did you watch the uh, Steve Carell, Emma Stone movie about the Battle of the Sexes tennis match? And if so, what did you think? <laughs> Yeah, no, I watched it after I wrote the book. I never wanted to influence. My buddy worked on the movie and, and works with Emma Stone. And, you know, listen, obviously that's the fictional version of the real story, and it has moments where they take leaps and jumps. But I actually liked the movie a lot. I thought the movie was really fun. Yeah, I thought um, Emma Stone you know, was But terrific. the hard part is, is once you meet the real Billie Jean King, you know, it's 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 like saying, you know, it's having anyone play her is, is just an impossibility. She's a legend. Yeah. So Brad, now that you did the Sonia Sotomayor and you got to, you know, you got to speak with her about it. And now the Billie Jean King, is this series just going to turn into who does Brad want to meet? Like what crushes does he have? Is the next <laughs> one going to be, I am Claudia Schiffer. I mean, where are we going with this? Yeah, no, no. A hundred, that's all I'm doing is trying to go meet people that I want to meet. And so I, you know, my, my hope is, is then I, I you know, Especially uh, when we do a dead person, I want to meet them too. Sure. (laughs) I am Billie Jean King. We have heard from so many listeners. Every time we have Brad on, they go out and get the book we're talking about, and then they end up getting them all because they are wonderful for kids, and as Kevin mentioned, for adults as well. Get it at Amazon.com at all book retailers as well. Great to chat with you, sir. As always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Listen, love you guys. Thanks, Brad. Bitter, predictable, whining disc jockeys. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. Hey, beer mug. Yo, yeah, what, what, come on. There's my mic. <laughs> There's my mic. You ready for a little Bean Makes This Guess? Let's do it. Bean Makes This Guess, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Bean Makes This Guess, yeah. Who gets penis slapped? Bean is a dick. Pretty dope, man. Just want to tell ya. I am the dumbest human that ever lived. Now it's time for Bean Makes This Guess. Yes. No, uh... No penis slapping involved at all in this one. Good. I, uh, I am fascinated by this list because it's about television, and we all think we know what people are watching on TV. But this, there are some real surprises in this. This is the annual list, and I thank our friend uh, Michael Schneider over at Variety for providing this, the most watched television networks by total average viewers. Okay. Now, I'm just going to lop off the top four because that'll just waste time. Obviously, you're going to say NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox, and they are numbers one through four. Come on, we would have got those. I know you would. Taking them away. NBC, then CBS, ABC, and Fox are the top four most watched networks of 2018. But once you get beyond that, there are hundreds of channels, and I'm curious to see how many you are going to come up with of the next ten on the list. And Kevin, as we do. You get to go first. What else is among the top, say, 15 television networks that are watched? MTV2. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Right? Number five? What? I don't know why. That Number would be five. The, if I could scroll down far enough on the list, How I would be able you. to find it for you. But uh, I, don't, I don't see it. It must be down a hundred and something. Okay. Oh, here it is. It's number 103. <laughs> MTV2. It's on the list. Give me a point. I'm sorry. We're, oh. looking, for, we're looking for top 15. Beer Bug, you're up next. Let's go FX. Uh, FX is a great guess, but no, number 26. Mm. Number 26. Allie, that must break your heart. That's your favorite channel. Uh, it's the only channel, and it's yeah. the best, and viewers are obviously wrong. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, zero for Beer Mug and his mustache. Allie, your first guess, please. Um, uh, Which one has the baseball? Is it TBS? Uh, TBS does have baseball, yes. Let's go TBS. Number 12. That is the 12th most watched television network in America. I think that would surprise a lot of people. Yeah. 
Kevin, you're up. C-SPAN 2. <laughs> I'm not even going to scroll. Come on! I'm sorry. I know this that's list all is you... bogus. <laughs> I know that's all you watch. Right. But I'm sorry. No, it didn't make the list. Beer mug. For uh, Dave and his vendor poop rules or whatever, mm-hmm. Bravo. Um, well described. Mm-hmm. Bravo is number 27 on the mm-hmm. list. Oh, man. I'm sorry. All right, Allie is the only one with a point so far. Let's see if she can do it again. Uh, well, it's fair and it's balanced. <laughs> Fox News Channel. Only number five, wow. you guys. It is the most popular channel outside of the big four. Fox News Channel, number five. Well done, Allie. Is... I, don't, I don't know why that wasn't the first the first guest, by the way. <laughs> Fox News Channel. I mean, I feel oh, now like... Now you're going to criticize. Wow. Took, I got it, you took, you took away the four we could get, and now you're <laughs> make, you're chastising us. Because we know we live in a Fox you're News a Channel. You're a bad man. Country. Okay, I accept your score. Kevin, you're up next. Is Netflix considered a... No. Channel. Not a TV channel, no. Okay, then my guess is AMC. AMC huh. is a good guess. Uh, I don't see it in the top 40. So. <laughs> oh. Then it's not a good guess. Oh. Well, I mean, it's a good guess in that it's a legitimate real channel for, for once. Gosh, how far down do you have to go to for AMC? I don't even... Oh, right. It, Take it, it easy. You don't have other, to rub it in. Let's late. just move on. <laughs> there somewhere. No, I was just curious. I don't know why. I, oh, here it is, number 25. It is number 25 on the list. All right. Beer mug. Why don't we just... Uh, let's finish this round, and uh, then I'll reveal. Let's go to the, uh, the opposite of Fox News, CNN. CNN is number 22. Yeah, I'm all the 20s today. All of them, yeah. All right, Allie, you're already the winner of the game, but let's put some icing on that cake. Let's go with the worldwide leader in sports. Oh, good. Uh, let me see. ESPN is number seven. Oh, wow. Nice. Was that a, was that a perfect round yeah. for you, Allie? I mean, it was. Three for three? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> All right. I told you there are some surprises. Here we go. The most watched television networks of last year, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, then Fox News Channel. Number six, MSNBC. Number seven, ESPN. Number eight, the USA Network. Number nine, HGTV. What? What? Isn't it amazing how big that is? Wow. Number 10, Univision. Univision. Number 11, The CW. How's it only number 11? Uh, I think you know why, because I told you the other channels that have more viewers. Good point. Uh, Number 12 is TBS. Here's the most shocking one to me. Do you guys know what the Ion channel is? Oh, yeah, murder. It's Uh, all murder. It's all like Criminal Minds and Law and Order. Of course, Ellie knows that one. (laughs) Ion is number 13, you guys. Wow. Then TNT, then the History Channel. And if you want to go a little further down the list, Telemundo, Hallmark, that's all, Allie. The Discovery Channel, Investigation Discovery, then TLC. There's yeah. your top 20. And this has tell been... Me all of, tell me all of the ones up to 103. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Bean Makes His Guess. Bean Makes His Guess, yeah. You're not doing good so far. So far. The Kevin and Bean Show. You're not doing good on K-Rock. K-Rock. Do I see that Mole is on the phone? Is really? that possible? Mole? Hey, Dean. Hey, I don't know who it is. Uh, yeah, mole? Mole. We said that. It's Hi. Mole. It's what? Mole. Oh, hey, Mole. Hey, hey, <laughs> you... hey, Bean. I heard the news, dude. I can't believe you're being deported to England, man. No, no, that no. That is I'm not... horrible. What did you steal from work? Frozen waffles? <laughs> mole, I'm not being deported. Rubber depo- bands and paper clips to shoot at people? <laughs> um, I'm not being deported. I'm leaving legally and voluntarily. Whoa. When did you get on Hogwarts Express? When does this happen? <laughs> um, I just, I, I'm moving to England at the end of the year. Wait, 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 
why would you go to England? We got fish and chips here. Plus, you know, they they uh, they spell the Beatles wrong over there. I mean, uh, all great points, Mole. <laughs> I oh. I had I really should have consulted with you first, yes. but um, well, you know what, you should have because I got a lot of tips about England. If you're going to go there, you want to hear some? Yes. Well, before you give me it. before you give me your tips, tell me okay. this: Have you ever been? <laughs> That's a great question. Okay, <laughs> here's some tips. Okay. First thing, once you get there, as soon as you get there, give yourself a curb job so your teeth will fit in with everyone else's teeth. Oh, Okay, oh. my teeth Stay may brilliant. be too good Keep coming from brilliant. America. Brilliant. Brilliant, okay. yes. Um, here's the thing. You know, the queen is on Instagram now, so you can totally get with her. Okay, I'm not sure it works like that, but yeah. I do follow her majesty. Just slide, yes. slide oh, into oh, those you know DMs. Stupid England. They call the money a uh, pound. That's how money. That's how much weed I buy. Holla! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? The cops are called Bobbies even when that's not their name. Stupid. Right. It, yeah, it's just a it's just a nickname, right? They Bobbies, eat yeah. things like uh, black pudding for Brexit. No, for breakfast you mean? I don't know. The food's really confusing <laughs> over there. Oh, here's some food tips. Here's some food tips. Oh, good. Okay. Whatever you do, don't drink the fizzy lifting drink because you'll fly up in the fan and you have to burp to get down. Okay. I is it, I have no idea what we're talking Is That's this a just, Mary Poppins reference? Is yeah, that what's happening here? Just an ad. Oh, hey, know. you know what? They don't call them potato chips over there. They call uh, them uh, meatball hoagies, I think. Uh, I think, I think it's they're just crisps. crisps. Yeah, I think yeah. it's yeah. crisps. Yeah. Oh, toad in the hole? Hardly any toad in it. Okay. All right. This oh, is good but, information. I should be writing this down. By Quincy's in Manchester, they make a Devonshire clanger that'll knock your socks off. Oh, what is that? Oh, wait. Here's a couple more tips. They drive on the wrong side of the road, so it helps to get dyslexia. Okay. I think that's how it works. You have a monocle and a top hat? Uh, no. Do I need You're one need to get one. a You're gonna oh, need you get... a cane that you can use to knock on doors. <laughs> <laughs> you know so much about England, Mole. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh. When you get there, when you get there, here's that way to make a couple of bucks. Okay. Um, if you fetch the goose in the store window as big as me, then Mr. Scrooge will give you a shilling. <laughs> if you come back in less than five minutes, he'll give you half a crown. Okay, I think that's just a Christmas carol. He's watched a lot of movies. <laughs> he really has. It all kind of gets blurred together. Mole, come with me. Uh, let's do it. Pip, pip, and honey nut cheerio, dude. <laughs> and to you as well, my friend. Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. How much per year last year did Americans spend on state lotteries? Oh, Last year, total dollars. Boy, that's a tough one to figure out. I am just going to get the the bidding started by throwing out $2 billion. All right. I think that's low. Allie? I'm going to say $60 billion. Jens? Uh, Then I'm going to go a dollar. (laughs) Okay, all right. Last year, Americans spent more than $80 billion playing state lotteries. $80 billion! Listen to this, Dad. More than what was spent on concerts, sporting events, and movie tickets combined. Whoa! Isn't that insane? That's shocking. Because of these stakes, it's essential that lotteries are truly games of chance, everyone entering with an equal opportunity to win. Which is why investigators took note when a retired couple from Michigan, Jerry and Marge Selby, made $26 million winning various state lottery games dozens of times. 
Jerry and Marge look just like you would think Jerry and Marge look like. Right. I've got a visual for sure. <laughs> well, their names are Jerry and Marge, for starters. <laughs> and they live in like a tiny little town of 1,900 people. Everybody knows each other. They smoke in the house. <laughs> so, yeah. And they have a little tidy dog. Um, it's interesting that I just heard something. Um, they have one in in multiple states. So yes, it's not I'll get to just that. like that. Okay. I'll get to that, yeah. So this is uh, how Jerry discovered what he was going to do. For years, high school sweethearts Jerry and Marge Selby lived a quiet life in Everett, Michigan. Population, 1900. But one morning in 2003, Jerry happened to walk back into the corner store and spotted a brochure for a brand new lottery game called Windfall. And in only a matter of minutes, he realized that this was a unique game. I found a, I found a special feature. <laughs> that feature was called a roll down. Unlike the Mega Millions games you've probably heard of, where the jackpot keeps building until someone hits all six numbers and wins the big prize, in Windfall, if the jackpot reached $5 million and no one matched all six numbers, all the money rolled down to the lower tier prize winners. So... Dramatically boosting the payouts of those who matched five, four, or three numbers. So now you don't have to match all six. Okay. You, well, that's, but, that's true of California lotteries, too, is you always hear about the person who wins the big Powerball or Mega Millions, but there are lots of people who win $1,000, $5,000, right. dollars lower this, down the ticket. This takes the $5 million and boosts three, four, and five numbers out of control. Right. Okay. So Jerry's like, hey, that gives me way better odds. And he figured it out. If I played $1,100, mathematically, I'd have one four-number winner. That's 1000 bucks. Now I fast-forwarded through his math. I divided 1100 by 6 instead of 57 because I did a metal cook theory, and I came up with 18. So I knew I'd have either 18 or 19 three-number winners, and that's 50 bucks each. So I got $1,100 invested, and I've got a $1,900 return. It, actually, it's just basic arithmetic. <laughs> it's just basic is it, arithmetic. Is it, Jerry? You lost me, Jerry. He so, figured out the odds of getting three numbers right, four numbers right, and five numbers right, which is a lot higher than six numbers, of course. Yeah. Right. So this is a fancy. <clears throat> this is a fancy way of. <clears throat> excuse me. Of winning a raffle by going. Okay. Yes. Uh, if you, you count, you count there are two hundred people there. If I buy enough tickets, there's a. I'm almost certainly going to win. And how, how just a always, much bigger version. How would he always know the odds based on how many people are joining? He, you would have to know that, right? You would think, yeah. Uh, he's, not, not for him. he's way mathematically smarter than anyone I've ever That's seen right. before. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he doesn't really feel that way. But this is how he got into it. And by the way, gambling, huge. When a roll down was announced, Jerry sprang into action. He bought $3,600 in windfall tickets and won $6,300. Then he bet $8,000 and nearly doubled it. Now, here's why he's not so smart. At that point, I told Marge what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't tell us. He was gambling $8,000 and didn't tell his wife. Also, imagine being in line and the guy in front of you bought 8,000 lottery tickets. I'm just going to be a minute. I was trying to figure out if there was a way to do that. Like, how? You can't just go to a 7 Eleven. They went to the exact same stores most of the time and got these thousands of tickets. Here he comes. He's coming in, everybody. (laughs) Everybody. Bring out all the employees. So then he gave everyone in their town a chance to invest, and people would give him $1,000 or $5,000 or whatever, and he would play the lottery for them. Those willing to press their luck included three state troopers, a factory plant manager, and a bank vice president. They had played windfall 12 times, winning millions, when Michigan suddenly shut down the game. Oh, Oh, Michigan. 
Oh. You suck so much. Well, Michigan has had it hard, please. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry and uh, Marge were not going to quit because they found out that in Massachusetts, the exact same lottery was going they on. Moved. All right. So they started a new routine and listened to the dedication of these two people. That's when Jerry and Marge Selby developed a routine they continued for the next six years driving 900 miles to Massachusetts every time there was a roll down and buying hundreds of thousands of tickets at two local convenience stores. Hundreds of thousands? Oh, I don't I even see how that's possible. And by the way, if you're making millions of dollars, go ahead and fly to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> don't drive by back way, and forth. Mad at their mode of they transport. drove 900. <laughs> they also stayed in like a red roof inn that looked like it was probably $49 yeah, a night. Yeah, man, don't spend it till you got it. <laughs> <laughs> then they hold up in a room at the Red Roof Inn, sorting the tickets by hand for 10 hours a day, 10 days straight. Not so much playing the lottery as working it. Isn't that insane? And kept insane. winning and kept winning and kept winning. And by oh the way, God. they have those little machines where you scan your ticket at a store and it'll do the work for you to let you know whether you have a winner or not. Yeah, you this, don't story, have to this story started in 2003, so I don't know yeah, okay. if it was the same then. Yeah. I assume he's smart enough to take advantage of that if it was there. <laughs> this, is an, this is an unbelievable story, right? by the way. And in the, the hundred years that we've had lotteries in this country, I've never heard of anyone cracking it like no. this. So in 2011, the Boston Globe got a tip that there was something, there was an oddity in this lottery mm -hmm. and they decided to look into it. The paper's reporting revealed that two groups were dominating cash windfall. Two groups. One of them is is the Jer Jerry and Marge. Uh -huh. Now I want a the movie gang about their from legacy. Everett, Michigan. I'm sorry. What no, that? now I want them to fight each other in public. <laughs> yeah. So I like I like that he calls Jerry and Marge a gang. Yeah. And then listen to how he describes the other group. The Selby gang from Everett, Michigan, in their competition, a syndicate led by math majors from MIT. <gasps> syndicate. Oh. oh. Math majors from MIT figured out the exact same thing. Uh, do you think they're like, oh, who are these old <laughs> driving in all the time? So Massachusetts called for an investigation led by State Inspector General um, Greg Sullivan because, oh. like Bean said, nobody figures out how to win it legally. Is Sully's yeah. going to get to the bottom of this. When we got involved, the public perception was there must be some kind of organized crime or public corruption. Right? Yep, Sully. We we really looked at this looking for corruption. We used subpoenas. We looked at documents. We interviewed dozens of people. You went into this looking for organized crime. As the story unfolded, were you surprised by what you found? I wasn't surprised. I was dumbfoundedly amazed <laughs> that these math nerd geniuses oh. had found a way legally to win a state lottery and make millions from it. You don't have to call them nerds just yeah, because they serious. broke your code. This is like the new Boston Globe spotlight. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Unbelievable. Did Massachusetts close down the game? They did. Oh, no. come, on. come on. What a guys. surprise. They closed it down and went on to another game. So then he's talking about winning $26 million, and this is the final question. I'm struck by how measured you are telling this story. <laughs> Do you find anything remarkable about this? The only thing I found really remarkable is nobody else really seemed to grasp it. Oh, shut up, math nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Introducing rock and roll. I can't remember how, but we made a reference off air about the rapper GMC Faux Show, yeah. who is somebody we fell in love with about... 
five or six years ago. He's a rapper from Detroit, and he started posting these videos, and some of them got to be pretty popular, like in the millions of views. Jensen, who is a hip-hop head and has been since he was a kid, yeah. has never experienced the magic of GMC Faux Show. So much so, I recently wrote a trivia game about hip-hop for the Trivial Pursuit Company. Mm-hmm. That's Jeez. how much rap I know. You wrote the whole thing. I wrote the whole thing, and I've never heard of this person. And that's well, no diss to him. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm, I'm the problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, would you like to uh, Would you like to hear your first ever GMC Faux Show I've song? Been looking forward to this. This is probably one of his most famous ones, and we'll let this go for a little while. This was his big hit, I'm the Best. <laughs> I'm the best. 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 How is your rate is flow so far, Jensen? Well, so far, technically, there is no flow. So I can't rate something that's not there. Are you not booking him for Drop the Mic yet? No. I mean, I feel like I'm still in the intro, so let's see. Okay. Okay. Standing on a car, finger in the air. With some women's with my fingers in their head. Yes, I be the one that went street fighter tournaments. Make a million dollars without even earning it. I got the highest score in the world on my SAT. And then I went to Everest to learn how to slang them trees. I don't have to count to know I'm worth a billion. You know what bigger number? I am worth a gillion. I'm the best guy. <laughs> He's worth a gillion. Trillion. Come on. He didn't go trillion. He skipped yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, he kind of gets down there at some point. <laughs> it does. <laughs> okay. All right. So now let me just play some uh, some highlights of some of his other songs. Also, again, we, we should not ignore that it was just a, the beat was just him going da 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 I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So, so he does it all. Yeah. Is what you're um, saying. Yeah. We uh, used to play quite a bit, especially on, uh, you know, uh, team members of birthdays. Like if we come in one day and it's Chip's birthday or it's Dave's birthday or something like this, we would give him a little bit of the birthday song. Birthday. <laughs> it's my candle blowing birthday. Look at that. Yeah. He does say Bess, and he says birthday. birthday, birthday right? Both very. I mean, he's kind of dope. I mean, he's also, I, he's I, listen. Also, there was a part I was like, "Oh, this," but then he was like, "A da 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 birthday." I was like, "That's yeah. kind of a melody." Uh, I mean, also, he's not hitting the melody, but yes, <laughs> one does exist at least. Yes. Uh, he also has a song about uh, rifle bursts, and oh. I think you'll enjoy this. It's the hardest beat. This is the hardest beat anybody's ever heard. It's made out of gunshots. <laughs> gunshots are the beat. Over here, harder than that. About to make these rifles burst. Taking off our shirts. About to make these rifles burst. Taking off our shirts. I mean, you can't get any harder than a beat made out of gunshots. He's not, not wrong. wrong. No. Uh, he did right. a song about them pants. Girl, you got right. them pants. He also did a song about oven mitts. I'm so hot, I need some mother loving oven mitts. I'm so hot, I need some mother loving oven mitts. <laughs> very, GMC for show is very into swag. And Chip and I can attest to this because we both have merch from GMC for show. <laughs> we love his swag as much and he raps about it. Swag, 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 swag. 
And uh, one more, and I think this <laughs> Being is- Being so happy right now. I oh, am yeah. just, I'm loving this so much. Same. Let's, let's never forget when he, and, and all great rappers can do this. I mean, you can you know, think about how hard LL Cool J was in his youth, you know, with Mama Said Knock You Out oh, yeah. and songs like that. But then he slowed it down for I Need Love, and okay. that's a skill that not every rapper has, but GMC for sure can do it. Casually drinking milk, casually drinking milk. Jensen, he's casually drinking milk. I mean, it's about time somebody addressed that topic. <laughs> Is there nothing this man can't do? I uh, only have one thing to say. Eat it. <laughs> You're all in. The Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. 27 year old Raphael Samuel is reportedly planning on taking legal action. Against his parents. Okay. That's, that's always old. a little sad, right? It's always ugly when there's uh, when family members are suing one another, certainly. In Mumbai, India, because, quote, they did not ask for his consent to be born. Hero. <laughs> this man is a hero. <laughs> they didn't get his consent. They didn't ask him if he wanted to be born. So they're suing them in court. He uh, claims that he has a great relationship with his parents, by oh, the way. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I want to tell all Indian kids that they don't have to owe their parents anything. Uh, this is the clip of him being interviewed. The beginning music really made me laugh because I don't know why they chose it. <laughs> well, and then they go right into a guy going, There is this myth in India that we must respect our elders. We must respect our parents mainly. This is absolutely false. You must respect a person's actions. Has that person treated you well? If they are telling you become a doctor or an engineer and they are forcing you towards it, towards something you don't want, you don't have to respect them. Jeez. Okay. (laughs) That's a a hot take. (laughs) I mean, I, I guess my... My argument that I want to say is you wouldn't be here if it weren't for your parents deciding to have children. But that's kind of his point is he didn't want to be here, right? He's saying he doesn't care what came first, the chicken or the egg. He cares if you ask the chicken, can they, can, will, will you please give the egg? Yes. Right. Basically, right. Now, I'm not positive exactly how this is supposed to work. You know, how, mm-hmm. how they're supposed to get, uh, you know, right. consent makes no sense to me. It's just part of a lot. I, I read yesterday. Okay, go ahead. Part of a larger group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you one second after we hear some more from him. What is this logic? Your parents are two people at the age of 2025 who just wanted a good night together and then they had you. Okay, so That's he's the like, only reason. Yeah. <laughs> maybe listen, they, your parents maybe they wanted a baby. Early, they're in their early 20s and they wanted to bang, so here I am. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not cool. But what about all the people who, like Jensen and his wife, who mm-hmm. who wanted a child? They're wrong as well, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. No, you don't have to respect them for that. You respect them if you feel like respecting them. Do not respect the position. Parent is a position, but a father is also a human being. A mother is also a human being. Respect the human being, not the position. We must not respect the position of the PM or any dictator. You must respect the person that he is. 
What position were, were his parents in, <laughs> is my question. I respect some positions. Why is this guy such a dick? Why is he such a miserable dick? He is part of a group called anti-natalism. Okay. And basically what it means, what they believe is human beings are horrible for animals and the earth. Not wrong. And so no one should have kids. So it's well, not that he wants to have given consent. It's that his parents screwed up just by having They should have selfish. never had him. Yeah, they're being selfish by yes. having kids at all. No that, one should have kids. Ar- that's an argument, by the way, that, I, that you can make. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most people will disagree with it. But, I mean, he's living in India, which is a country that has over a billion people. Yeah. And their resources are incredibly strained. And they could do with a little birth control in that country. A little. But he thinks none. Yeah. He says, my life has been amazing. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> Who saw that coming? But I don't, see, I don't see why I should put another life through the rigmarole of school and finding a career, especially when they d- didn't ask to exist. Preach. Okay, then, Preach. Don't have, then don't have kids. Look, dude. He's your suing made, his parents. Right. His parents made a choice to have a child. Fine. That's allowed. You don't have to have a child if you don't want to. If you want to do your part. Then don't have a kid. Right, but he's going back and correcting an earlier problem. He's not even looking for money. He's asking to be put back in his mom, which is crazy. It's <laughs> a little odd. Gentlemen, I don't mind telling you, I've never heard a bigger crock of bull crap in my life. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K-Rock. This pains me to say it, but Allie, you, you, you were right again. Thank you, Bean. Why don't we just listen to you in the first place? I mean, it never gets old hearing it. And trust me, I hear it a lot. <laughs> so a lot of you know that I, I I tend to be a little paranoid. And I use that in air quotes because I shouldn't be paranoid. I should just know I'm going to be right all the time about this. <laughs> I have issues with um, the camera on your computer. I cover that. Camera on my iPhone. I cover that. I always tell you, listen, Alexa's listening to you all the time. Right. We found out... Uh, it was just last month that Apple had that bug where you could record FaceTime conversations without the other person even picking even up the phone. Even if you deny the call. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, of course, there was Alexa recording private conversations and then sending it to someone on an email list. Roombas have been mapping out your home for years, <laughs> sending it to their robot right, overlords. It's big brother times. We get it. I mean, then the Hello Barbie, you could hack into that, listen to conversations. There's just so many different Baby things. Just insanity. The government is getting our 23andMe results. It's never ending. I'm telling you. So earlier this month, Google announced that the Nest Guard, which is the centerpiece of the Nest security home system, mm-hmm. would soon receive Google Assistant functionality. Awesome, right? But in order to use that Google Assistant, you need to have a speaker and a microphone element. So people are like, oh, bummer, I have to go buy more product. (laughs) Nope, sure didn't. Because Nescard had a microphone the whole time. And people didn't know. You're so So, paranoid and so right. Yeah. (laughs) So this from Google, the Google Assistant on NestGuard is an opt-in feature. And as the feature becomes available to our users, they'll receive an email with instructions on how to enable the feature and turn on the microphone in the Nest app. NestGuard does not have one-on-one device microphone. It's not enabled by default. So you have to turn it on. I see. But it's been there. 
there the whole time. Yeah, like right. they couldn't remotely. So everybody's flipping out. They're like, how did you not let us know this was there? So speaking to Business Insider, a Google sports spokesperson said that the emission was made in error. They never intended oh, for it to sorry. be a secret. Oh, we forgot to tell you there's a microphone. Yet you knew at some point that you would probably have some sort of Google Assistant component. So it's been there the whole time. I cannot. I, I cannot. Just, I just think that any we should we, we should be at the point where any product that has a camera or a microphone, it should be upfront yeah. that that's what's going on. Yeah. It should I, be upfront you that it. it has a camera or a microphone. Right. I think we should just start assuming everything does and other people can hear everything yeah, that's we're what doing. I do. From Teddy Ruxpin down. Right. Everything Absolutely. has been recording us for decades. <laughs> That brings brings me to uh, quite possibly one of the most concerning stories. So a viral photo showing a camera in a Singapore Airlines in-flight TV display recently caused an uproar online. Wait, so there's a camera? You're watching the TV and there's a camera yeah, watching the, you? The, the <laughs> little headrest in front of you, yeah. you're watching TV. A guy was like, what is that? What? But maybe you're saying, well, I don't fly Singapore Airlines. I'm cool. Well, no, it's also um, on some American Airlines premium economy class flights as well. So there was a guy. Why would they put be put in any of those? Well, I'll get to that. There's okay. a guy who turns out he uh, he worked for BuzzFeed and he was really up on tech. Mm -hmm. Super security paranoid, he said. I observe tech in day-to-day -day life and wonder how a malicious person can get in bad ways. So he's flying to Tokyo in September. Notice something strange. What looked to be a little camera embedded in the in-flight monitor. It's not very well hidden. No, it, it literally, you look at it, you're like, that looks like a camera looking <laughs> right back at me. So he's like, listen, I'm not paranoid. That is a camera. So American Airlines spokesperson Ross Feinstein confirmed to BuzzFeed News. Nudes. Nudes? What's that? Whole, What's yeah, that that's site? a different By the way, site. Let's not think BuzzFeed Nudes isn't already a site. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. But they confirmed that cameras are present on some of the airline's in-flight entertainment systems, but said, quote, they have never been activated, and American is not considering using them. Cameras are a standard feature on many in-flight entertainment Why? systems used by multiple airlines. Why? Why would they do that? Here's what they say. Manufacturers of those systems have included cameras for possible future uses, such as hand gestures to con control in-flight entertainment. Because... Pressing a button to scroll up or down on a screen is too much. Wow. We're just going to wave from our seat. That is no. not what it's for. No. Why would they have ever put a camera in these ever? Unbelievable. What so, would they even want to see? They're also saying that these are... You oh, know, they're not just, working, Jensen. They just put them there. intentionally designed with a camera, but rather they're just off the shelf from manufacturers with the camera already integrated. Well, no, so they intentionally had a camera because that's yeah. how they built them. Yeah. This is a lie. This yeah. is all, like, they're just going around and around and around. But what possibly do they need to look at you on a flight for? Yeah, and that's what? weird. The only thing I can think, because, let's face it, they only see you eating, reading, or sleeping, right? Mm -hmm. The only thing I think is maybe some sort of facial recognition software so that they know where everybody is all the time. Maybe they, they know... just want to see how I sleep. Oh, are like you a, a straight jeweler? shot? Yeah. What's it? What's it all about? It's blackmail. 
It's hmm. just I don't like any of it. It seems so, Allie, bad. So, will you never take another flight again because you're going to have a camera on you and you can't turn it off? Have you met me? I have a cover for every camera in my life. If you don't think I already have a plan to bring a big old piece of paper or a scarf and put it right up there, you don't know Conspiracy Alley. <laughs> These DJs are superstars. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Jensen, you yeah. saw a fascinating sports story that isn't really about sports at all. No, uh, but I'm a big basketball guy, and I'm a fan of diversion or just mm. manipulation. Sure. Okay. Things I like. And that story, uh, this story has all of those things involved. It's a high school team in Missouri, and they're now under investigation uh, after a videotape exposes them for cheating when it comes to their triplet teammates on the varsity team. They're triplets? Yes. So three dudes... High school students who look exactly alike are all on the same team. I wonder it, how likely that is to happen, by the way, that all three would be good enough to play on a team. Oh, I thought you meant having even triplets like uh, in sports in general. Do like, do you guys know any twins or triplets that are good at the same thing? Uh, the Hanson brothers. No. Well, that's not a real thing. <laughs> oh, really? No, that was a film. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if they're any good Everybody anymore. should watch Slapshot. Uh, <laughs> well, it seems that the coach was swapping out the identical brothers when it came to taking free throws, making sure that the family member with the highest percentage was always at the line. All right, now that makes... That makes perfect sense if there weren't numbers on the backs right. of the jerseys. But referees don't pay attention to the numbers of, of the foul. They, no, they that's, don't. That's how they know what players they're looking at. They no, call the, the foul on number whatever, and they yes. say it to the bench. That's okay. To, they called the foul on that person. Right. That's not the foul. That's not who's shooting. That's not who's shooting. So, like, for example, if you foul me. notice that? Yeah, if you foul me, the referee will be, like, number 12. Right. But they won't look at my number. They just will be like, is it the same dude? Okay, it looks like the same guy. Me and you? <laughs> no, no, but I get, when I go to the line. <laughs> right, no, they, I hear you. Yeah, they say. So the video that's in question is from a championship game uh, for Dora High School against a high school that I'm, I think is poorly named, uh, Licking High, uh, <laughs> where, one, where one boy, uh, number 34, Austin Luna, gets fouled. Uh, and he falls to the floor, right? As he's walking to the free throw line, he's giving high fives to all his teammates. They do a little bit of a huddle, create a crowd, and it appears he switches places with one of the other triplets, number 20, Bryson Luna, who now uh, is his replacement at the line. I got to tell you, that's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. Right? Now, you ask, you ask yourself, they have different jerseys. They do. But the ref has already admitted. They've talked to the referees, and he says he really only looks at faces, when it comes to those at the line. I mean, I can see that. I, I can see that he pays attention to the number when calling the foul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then at the free throw line, it's just yeah. a dude. No. I agree. That yeah. makes sense. Unless the uh, referee knows that there are triplets in the game, in which case he has to pay better attention. Well, now they'll be paying attention because they found out from the losers of the game, Licking High, my favorite high school in the nation. <laughs> uh, when they found that out, they were watching old videotape. They're like, want to see what we did wrong this time? And then they Wait a minute. Look at that. It was like the JFK tapes. Wow. Yeah, they replayed it over and over. Let's add something to the conspiracy theory. If you're wondering what type of coach would do this type of thing, well, the coach is the triplet's father, Rick Luna. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, oh, no. Who would know better how to explode boys uh, than his own flesh That's and blood? That's awesome. Wow. Uh, people are saying it happened twice during this game, but parents from opposing schools have apparently been complaining about it all season long. Uh, Rick Luna told the Ozark Sports Zone, which is a paper I'd love to be a reporter at, <laughs> uh, doing the high school beat. The swap wasn't planned. It's happened on accident. And he wanted to note that, oh. the, that the players did only shoot uh, one out of four during the free throws that are under question. So how bad are the other two players? Right? Yeah. Wow. No kidding. <laughs> but uh, now the game is completely uh, officially under review.
So when what I about the whole season? If other teams like if they see this here, they maybe the whole season. Is... Well, they won the championship by two points. Wow! So mm. even though one point seems to be the free throw, I mean, still it changes the whole game as to who's in and out. Sure, there are a fair amount of identical twins in the audience. I'm sure. Have you ever swapped? Have you ever, you went someplace and they thought it was the other person or vice versa? Or and teachers. Like one of the people is really great at math and he yep. sits in mm-hmm. and takes the math test. They don't have numbers in the back of their jerseys for that. No, they no. don't. It would be pretty easy to do. And even if you do have numbers on your jersey, you get away with it. <laughs> True. <laughs> Sophomore year of college, my brother was taking a psychology one-on-one class as a prerequisite. On one particular Tuesday, he approached me with a dilemma that he needed my help with. Thursday around noon, he had the psych exam, but the same morning, his girlfriend's family was flying out to California to go to Disneyland, and they picked him up. Of course, I said, I'll go to Disneyland for you, but that wasn't what he had in mind. (laughs) So he had to take the Psych 101 test for his twin brother so his twin brother could go to Disneyland. Yeah. And they got away with it, too, by the way. Let's start with Roger, just because his story is almost identical. He was a twin trying to swap out during a basketball game. Hey, Roger. Hey, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Good. What happened, man? So, uh, yeah, my brother and I both played Division One college basketball, but in high school he was an all-state player, and I was, you know, average player. And during games where he would get into foul trouble, I would, if we were close to the same person that got fouled, I would try to spin around so it looked like I made the foul instead of him Did you so put, he could stay in the game. Did you put your hand up like, oh, that was me? <laughs> yeah. Did it and work? Trying to cause a little commotion so people wouldn't really. Oh, was it him or was it the other guy? And we looked just like head, burr, haircut. So it it worked a few times, not every time. I mean that's I mean that's smart. I got to tell you. Uh, and you uh, mo- most of the time would make that free throw. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we were both good free throw shooters, so it didn't really matter with the free throws. But it was more about who got the foul, so he didn't foul out of the game, so he gotcha. so he stay in. And yeah, he wasn't he was a the great good one. Free shooter, and <laughs> we wanted him in the game rather than me. Gotcha. <laughs> wow, that's crazy, Roger. I never would have guessed that we would actually have also, you know, a story Ro- so similar to the one we started with. Roger played D1 basketball, so I think he should be our first draft pick in the Kevin and Bean basketball team. <laughs> Do oh. we have that? I think it should start today, <laughs> and he's our first draft pick. Now that we have Roger, we <laughs> can take on build the team around. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your listening. Let's go to Christopher. He's on line eight up next, Los Angeles, here on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Christopher. Hey, uh, how's it going? Good, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, basically my twin story was uh, – I had this friend, and uh, he he was going out with this twin. And sometimes he, he'd just be very dull, and it was kind of a pity date thing, right? So whenever uh, the the uh, the first girl didn't want to go out with, with my friend, uh, she would swap out her twin for her, and she'd go out on the pity date for him or for her or with him for her. Why? Why would the other <laughs> Why not tw- just say no? The other twin's like, no, you're not going to go out with her because she's dull and you want me to? He was the dull one, but I, I don't know. I kept asking both of them that, like, why do you guys you know, do this ruse? And it's like, I, we just feel bad for him, blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever. I mean, that's, that's, your, that's your guys' ruse. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That is very weird. All right, thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Christopher. And I'm going to say something that I probably shouldn't. Say cause it. Because my, my father's not around to defend himself anymore. He had friends in high school that voluntarily – swapped girlfriends on numerous occasions and i think you know what i'm getting at voluntarily yeah so, like that was so they knew what thing. they were doing they knew, they they knew what doing. they were doing and they were like look you want to have my girlfriend tonight that kind of deal. okay they voluntarily did they voluntarily, were the girlfriends yeah. in on it no oh the girlfriends so it's were not, not voluntarily <laughs> being at all 
that's no, I'm saying the twins. Yeah. I'm saying the twins. I'm not. What I guess my distinction is that it's not like one twin went out with his brother's girlfriend without his brother knowing about it. It was their plan all along. Right, but what about the tw- the girls knowing? They can't have been happy. That's an arrestable <laughs> offense. <laughs> yeah, it does. It it seems like it. I mean, you're, I guess no, it, it doesn't seem it. It, it's, it is. It yeah, your your instinct to not tell that story right. was right. He goes, it was voluntary, though. It was fine. Voluntary on whose behalf? The twins. Oh, they knew about it. Okay. Look, you couldn't get arrested for anything back then. No. You know? Everything was safe. I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying sure. it was a cool thing to do. I'm just saying it happened. I'm just saying that the, the guys did it. <laughs> uh, and it was bad. All right. Let's go to Eddie, line three, up next in Santa Ana on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Eddie. So basically, I used to work at Disneyland a few years back. And so my squid brother, he would use my cast member ID to go to the park all the time. And um, he would get, like, three chimichangas, three sodas, three <gasps> corn dogs from all my coworkers. Nice. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. For about three years. Yeah, that's a thirty thousand dollar value. Wow. I am so jealous. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. Awesome. I gotta get a no, twin from free churros. <laughs> I don't think you understand how twins work. <laughs> you can't just get a twin. Well, <laughs> even if he does, it's gonna be voluntary. <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K Rock. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.